This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hear more from Free FM. For a small monthly fee, you can become a patron and support independent community media. Go to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out how. It is time to uh, welcome into the studio Shane Hobson from Hamilton EVs. Um, normally, this is Mark's regime, Shane. It so is, it is. you and I are meeting for the first time Good and morning, a chance to talk about technology that's actually pretty damn exciting to me. It is. It is. And I mean, I drive a V8 normally, but um, electric cars are where the future is, and uh, undoubtedly within my lifetime, still, um, I'm going to be one of those people that will buy one. So um, the constantly changing and moving sort of affordability of these things is really interesting to me um, and I'd like to talk about that in a minute but uh, what's the most pressing news from your perspective at the moment uh, about the uh, evolution of the of the EV market? So what's on the horizon is we're all used to or existing EV owners will all be familiar with the Well Networks charges scattered around Hamilton there's probably half a dozen mostly at the Countdown Supermarkets um, Innovation Park Carrow Street so Well Networks has long signalled that they will become billable machines at some stage um, and they're starting steps in that direction now so what you'll see on the charges is they will require authentication either through a, um, an RFID tag or through a um, app running on your smartphone so that's coming, it's probably about a month away uh, and then once all the bugs are ironed out of that we'll probably see billing starting to apply so those charges will revert from being free to use to chargeable so we just wanted to give people a heads up that that's coming and to prepare for it. So download the Open Loop app um, or get hold of a fob. If you need any help setting it up, pop into Hamilton EV and we'll get it working for you on your phone. Um, otherwise, you'll get caught in a position where they've rolled it out and you don't have a way of unlocking the charger. Yeah. Uh, that, that can be pretty drastic, couldn't it? Yeah. Uh, the idea of it being free for a while was to get people used to the idea of, of availability of, of the uh, charging stations. Uh, was that correct? I think it, it would help. People with, it helps with uptake. Help with uptake, yeah. Yeah, so people know that there's a charger available, so it makes it more more viable to invest in a car. Yeah. Um, it gets people used to the idea of using chargers and just understanding the, logis- the logistics of getting to the car park popping the charger flat, plugging the charger, pressing the buttons, making it all work. Right. Um, whereas if you just dumped billable charging on everybody on day one, there's a whole lot of stuff There's to a lot learn. to take on board, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So if you take the billing out of it, then it becomes quite a bit easier. Have they given an indication of uh, the time frame for this to happen? Are there, are there dates set for it? Uh, they or is haven't. it going to be location by location that will just kind of roll out? Uh, so what I've learned is from a... Um, a a uh, uh, one-on-one conversation of open loops. I'm not quite sure how much of this is, is published in public, mm. um, but certainly the authentication is looking like about four to six weeks away. So you've got four weeks up your sleeve to get the app on your phone or get the RFID tag. They'll run that for a period of time, probably weeks, month or two, and then the billing will start to kick in. Okay. Have they given an indication yet as to what, what the rates might be? Uh, no. No, no. Right. We asked that question. Um, there'll be, there is a competitor, so ChargeNet is an existing billable charger competitor, uh, so they need to be cognizant of what the competitor's doing. Um, there's a 
there's a bit of a problem on some of the charges where people will park in the car park, plug a car and spend maybe 15, 20 minutes charging. The car finishes charging, but they carry on shopping for another hour. So they've occupied the car park for an hour without needing to. That thought occurred to me when I, when I saw these things starting to be used more. I thought, well, you know, if somebody's tying one of these things up for a long, long time, um, in the future, that could be quite an issue. Oh, it's an issue today. Yeah, yeah. So people are... So the charge net charges, they charge 25 cents per minute that you're parked there right, without, charging. without charging. Okay. So there's a somewhat of an incentive, but if you apply that in Auckland, that's actually cheap parking. It's <laughs> um, so, so weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So the incentive to move your car in a hurry just isn't there. Right. So we gave some advice to the Open Loop guys that the um, permanent rate for parking without charging needs to be high, modest, but you know, not exorbitant, but, right. but it needs to be a healthy incentive to move the car along. Yep, so it's enough. not treated as cheap parking, it's treated as a charging point and, and not parking. This technology we're talking about now, you know, the, the increasing use of electric vehicles and the changing and evolving technology associated with that, um, from your perspective running a business that sort of focused so much in this zone, um, what, what proportion is it exciting and daunting um, as you try to sort of keep your finger <laughs> on the pulse, as it were? Uh, so I... Um what I would find daunting is keeping up with all of the new model releases coming out, and that's, that's not where we sit in the market. So no, but it will affect you in years' time. It has time, a flow-down effect in a few yeah. years' time. As, as brand-new models appear in the market today, I don't need to know those models inside out because they'll be sold brand-new by the franchise dealer. But I do need to be aware that that model's going to appear in the second-hand market in three, four, five years down the track. Um, so I've got a bit of time up my sleeve to learn about them. So that part of it is daunting. Um, the exciting bit is just seeing seeing what people are doing with an oldness and leak these days. Um, we had a, a lady come in the other day. She had a very uh, fixed and modest budget for a car. Um, and she was determined that she would take this car to Auckland. And we said, Really, this this isn't the right car for that job. For the budget you have in mind, you're looking at a city car. Car which drives Hamilton, Cambridge, Temuru, and you don't really take it to Auckland. She was very determined, and we, we mapped it out for her, showed her where to where to stop and charge, and she did the trip. She drove it, drove it to Auckland, stayed the night, came back the next day, uh, and loved it, and bought the car, cool. which, was, which was just amazing. Um, mm. I really admired her determination to to make it work. It's interesting though, Shane, isn't it, that a couple of years ago a trip like that would have been totally out of the question. But now there are charging options en route. There, are, There is a way to plan that out and to make it work. Um, the practicality of EVs now is becoming a lot more evident. And uh, you, you're not just looking at city commuters anymore. You are looking at cars that are capable of making a decent trip. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's so many charges on the route from Hamilton to Auckland now. Uh, Bombay's just come online. Pocono came online not long ago. The standardisation of the technology involved in charging and so on, that's um, less of an issue now too? Uh, the, the connectors, so the process of plugging in is straightforward, but there are at least three different brands of chargers in the marketplace. Even Well Networks uses two different brands of chargers here in Hamilton. But they are 
simple and intuitive. Um, yeah, it's just like buying petrol. Right. They all use exactly the same pipe and hose and nozzle, but they have different controls on the pump, which are all quite intuitive. Which people get used to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and as you've indicated before, you know, using things like a, a fob or an app uh, for charging and um, or for the costs involved, um, I'm sure that sort of technology is going to have more of an influence in the way these things are done in the future as well. Yeah. More and more um, manufacturers now getting on board with the EV technology, and as you said, you, you've got to keep abreast of all that stuff for the a few years down the track when those brands start to sort of become more available as as used vehicles. Um, is this going to get to a stage where you're going to have to make a decision in the in the next few years as to which particular brands you're going to sort of focus on more than any other? That's that's coming. Um, today it's an easy choice yeah. um, in the under $40,000 price bracket uh, Nissan Leaf would dominate by far so there are, there's a good supply we we buy them in Japan in the second hand car auctions just like a petrol car dealer buys cars there, it's a very simple process um, there are so many of them So the Nissan Leaf makes up about 50% of EVs on the road in New Zealand and uh, one of the recent um, consumer magazines rated them as the most reliable car in New Zealand, not just amongst EVs, but across the board, across all cars. Nissan Leaf was the most reliable. So it's, so it's an easy, safe choice for both the consumer and for us as, as the dealer. Alrighty. Um, as this, this is all kind of new territory for me because I'm still driving petrol-driven cars, but uh, I, I find it fascinating. And, and you see headlines sort of pop up every now and again about new battery technology and stuff like that, but until you see that evident in, in sort of practical terms and the, there is follow-up stories and so on, there's an awful lot of headlines that sort of come and go, aren't there? It, it is less confusing now than it used to be, I have to say that, which is a good thing. I think so. There's, there's still a new battery story pops up every every week or so, um, and it's, it's a little bit like nuclear fusion. It's it's going to be um, off-the-shelf technology five years from now, Yeah, and it's always going to be five years away. Five years away. Yeah. <laughs> these, these fantastic batteries get talked about. They're always one, two, three, four years away. And the conspiracy theorists will tell you that uh, you know, they're being suppressed Yeah, as well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, well, good, good to cut through some of that, Shane, and, and nice to get the chance to meet you uh, at last and, and catch up on some of the stuff that I know you've been talking about with Mark anyway. But um, for now, uh, thanks for coming in and, and sort of giving us some latest information. And uh, we'll no doubt have more to say about those charges uh, from Well Energy yeah. um, next time you come in. Very good. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.